Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. After a tough week one loss, the Browns have won their home opener, moved to one and one. Um, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Dog Check Podcast on the Blev Podcast Network exclusively. And this is hosted by myself, Grant Pushkar, along with co-host Eric Metcalf. Eric, man, how was your week? What's going on? It was great. You know, I was in Cleveland at the game, so I got to see it firsthand. Uh, watched it. Wasn't, wasn't excited in the beginning, but of course we got the win. The Muni lot, I know you had your show. We talked about it last week. The Muni lot this week was crazy. Uh, there, there was, you know, there were cars lined up uh, Saturday night and going into Sunday morning. I got downtown around six o'clock and the line was all the way up East Ninth, back around on to several roads downtown. So, I mean, it was packed. Is your show when you host it, is it downtown or is it somewhere else? So we did it at um, uh, Great Lakes Brewery over there uh, on West 25th by the market. <clears throat> And so, you know, I only got to see pictures of it, but in order for me to get to the game after I have to uh, get dropped off and then walk down. So it's like walking down to the stadium of like uh, <clears throat> East Ninth, it's like you see so many people walking away from the Muni lot. So it's like there's 75,000 people walking away because <laughs> everybody's just been at the Muni lot hanging out. And I'm just, you know, and I'm like, the crowd's bigger walking away than actually going to the game. I, I thought it was pretty funny how, uh, you know, they do this every year annually, but uh, the police were throwing out their warnings, telling people in the Muni lot to, you know, not be drinking in the Muni lot. But I mean, I think obviously everybody knows what goes on in there. It's just funny that every, uh, every, before every season kicks off, they're asking people not to drink. Um, but it was a lot of fun. You know, there were some videos, you know, some, some not so smart Browns fans were, you know, fighting in the Muni lot. And there was just a lot of shenanigans going on. But like you said, you know, everyone's walking away from me. You got those people, you know, going into the game. We'll talk about the crowd real quick a little bit. I mean, you know, it was hard last year not having, you know, one game full capacity um, two years ago. You know, just a full capacity crowd at First Energy Stadium is just absolutely amazing. So, Eric, I mean, you've played in front of full stadiums. What was the what was the uh, the, the crowd like for you on Sunday? Did, did you approve of it? Oh, yeah, I approved of it. But you know what I, I thought was uh, I, what I really liked was that when, when Stefanski told everybody to be on time and be on oh, yeah. the stands when the kickoff occurs. I saw so many people running to the stadium because they wanted to be on time. Everybody wanted to be in, in the stadium right at the opening kickoff. And so I went in probably uh, two minutes after the kickoff. So I was just outside looking and, and it, there was no one outside really because everyone was trying to be in that stadium because everybody was excited about the game. And at the same time, they wanted to uh, honor uh, Stefanski's wishes. It's funny you mention that because I, myself personally, I like to be uh, probably like an hour early. I just like soaking in, you know, pregame warmups and stuff like that. But it's funny you mentioned again, because, you know, walking into the game around noon and I noticed the concourse in the past several years of, you know, going to games, you know, an hour before kickoff, it's never full. And, you know, when I walked in on Sunday and I see the concourse, it is like, you have to weave through these people. I mean, people are moving so slow. I forget who posted a picture of, you know, the concourse and stuff like that, but like, they were packed. And, you know, I mean, getting ready for kickoff, there weren't very many empty seats. And like, as you mentioned, you know, they honor Stefanski's word. 
And it was the first time in a long time to where, you know, the fans actually listened and were in there, you know, before kickoff because it was a great energy, you know, great crowd noise before kickoff. So that was pretty cool to see. Hopefully next week, you know, this coming Sunday against Chicago, they can do that. Um, but talking about the Texans game, uh, something that stood out to pretty much everyone, you know, after this game was clearly the defense. And I was one who was actually praising the defense coming out of the Chiefs game because we talked about last week again, you know, the turnovers didn't help field position wise and stuff like that. But when it comes to this week, I just I think the schemes were were, were questionable. I don't think Joe Woods really, um, you know, he had a whole week. They just didn't seem prepared. And, you know, they have the personnel on defense this year. They really do. So I think when you look at the defense, look at Joe Woods, I think, you know, you put more of the blame at this point on Woods due to the fact that the Browns have way more talent than they did last year. They were making Tyrod Taylor look exceptional in that first half. I mean, I believe he only had, you know, two or three completions. But overall, just Eric, what did you think of the defense on Sunday? Well, actually, Tyrod was like 10 for 11 before. Right, yeah. <laughs> only one incompletion. <laughs> one incompletion. He was 10 for 11. You know, I, I don't think the defense played well. I don't think either side played well, to be honest. But I don't think for the sure. defense played well. But I, don't, I just don't think that guys made plays either. I mean, the, the Texans came out there with the, the perfect game plan. They knew what they were going to do as far as trying to dice them up. It just it, it basically looked like New England offense, you know, and that's and that's what they and that's what they did. They short passes, hit them with some running game, and and it, it seemed like they dialed up the right play each and every time. So I don't I don't really put it on Joe Woods' calls because I mean he makes calls, but at the same time players make plays, right? And 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 there were a lot of times where guys are missing tackles. Also, we didn't get any. Any, uh, we had one sack in the game, and that was Grant Delpit in the end. Um, and so I don't, I don't, it's, it's kind of hard to say who it's on because the, the players are supposed to make plays and, and it just didn't happen. I, I agree. You know, there are many missed opportunities in this game in terms of our personnel, like you mentioned, missing tackles, you know, having opportunities to wrap up guys in the backfield. Right. Um, just, just many, right. many missed opportunities, yeah, all along the game. And I just think, you know, how you mentioned the Texans had a game plan coming out and they knew what they were going to do. I mean, Mark Ingram only had 14 curves and 41 yards in the game. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, again, you mentioned, I thought he had two or three completions. Only one is nuts. I mean, 10 for 11, 125 yards and a touchdown. Um, it, it was cool, you know, to see him back. Uh, Baker Mayfield had some cool comments about him uh, before the game, you know, saying that he's overlooked and, Tyrod Taylor was a bigger mentor to Baker Mayfield than most people think, because as you guys, you know, if you don't, if you guys remember, Taylor was here Baker's rookie year before Baker came in in that Jets game. Um, but, you know, looking at the game as a whole, I think on the defense, one of the biggest highlights was Grant Delpit. Um, you know, he was out all last year. Um, it seemed like he was worth the wait. He, he was flying all over the field. Um, I know he was really exciting. He had, you know, two sacks in the game. The one, you know, I, you mentioned one. I don't really consider it a sack either. It was that play where their rookie quarterback, um, they called it a sack, but they let the play go on during the game, and then they had to review it um, and call it a sack. He had two sacks. You know, I think he had a tackle for a loss or two as well. Um, but, you know, I think Grant Delpit is going to get even more snaps next week. He didn't really play too many snaps in the beginning of the game. It was kind of, you know, Ronnie Harrison and John Johnson controlling the waters back there. But, Eric, in terms of Grant Delpit, how excited are you for him to come, you know, in weeks to come here? I mean, I'm very excited. This is what we've been waiting for, right? 
you know, we, he didn't get to go out there and play last year, and we had high expectations for him to come in there and, and help last year because that was one of our weaknesses last year. So we were expecting big things from him last year, and, and it just didn't happen. Obviously, the injury occurred. And so to see him finally come in here and, and get his opportunity and make plays when he when he got this opportunity is great for not only him but the team as well. And I, what I thought was uh, more telling was uh, in, at, in a post-game interview, they asked Miles Garrett about him, and he said he, he was like he was making plays and everything. He said, but now we as a team know that he can do this. So it's like expected of him now because so that's so, you know, when you haven't really played with these guys, no one really knows what you can do when, when, the, when the bullets are firing. And so now that they know anytime the bullets are firing, they have, they have someone who can go out there and play with them. You know, they feel a little more secure back there. If, if, if there's an injury occurs or, or he has to come in, you know, so they, they know that they have a good player now. Exactly. And they definitely had to feel good. You know, Miles Garrett and Jadavion Cloudy and those guys on that front defensive line, knowing, like you said, they have a guy who's flying all over the field like Delpit, because again, you just mentioned they haven't had somebody like that, you know, in a while. And he's young. He's still, you know, he's, I could consider this his rookie year because he didn't play at all last year, but you know, young flying around the field, exciting defensive guys is something that, you know, is really going to help this Browns defense, you know, from now on in the rest of the year. Um, moving on to the offense a little bit, I got to ask, I, every single week I, I watch Nick Chubb play and I, the, some of the cuts that he makes, Eric, are just insane. I mean, there was a handful of runs where, the, you know, I sit in the opposite end of the dog pound. So, you know, we like that view of the stadium because we can see, you know, the holes opening up and there's some plays where there are no holes for Nick Chubb and he still gets 10 to 12 yards. So, you know, as playing the running back position, Eric, and, you know, as playing it before, where does Nick Chubb, I mean, how does he see the field as well as he does? Because again, some of these cuts, you know, it's, it's two or three cuts in the same run and he's turning, you know, what looks like it's going to be nothing into, yeah, again, 10 or 12 yards. He is one of the most exciting young running backs outside of, again, you know, CMC, Derrick Henry in the NFL. I would consider him top three easily. Um, but again, some of these plays are just mind blowing and he, he continues to do them. And every time I'm in shock, it's not like I'm getting used to him making these crazy plays week after week. It's just, it seems like it's something new every week with Nick Chubb and he's, he's a great guy. You know, he keeps his head down. He's humble, but Eric, I, I don't know where he gets these bursts of energy and where he can see the field and gets these cuts from, because he really is one of a kind. It's patience. And I mean, and, and a lot of running backs don't have it. I mean, a lot of a lot of guys are, are one cut and go type of guys. And you have guys who can make people miss, bounce around and, and jump cut and, and so have and make people miss in that respect. But he kind of has it all. He's, he's a bigger guy and he's faster than people think. And then he, he has the, he has nice vision when he's when he's running the ball. So you incorporate all that together. It makes it hard for a defense to stop because he. He's a good running back, like you said. We have we have a good line, and we and we lean on him. So I, I like the fact that uh, Nick Chubb is is the way he is, and and he's he's right for the team. You know, he's right for our our system. He's right for this team as far as leadership, and and everybody knows when when the game's on the line, we have to try to win it. Give Nick Chubb the ball, right? And 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 I was I was a little surprised. Um, in the first half, in the first quarter, that we didn't we didn't run the ball that much. 
you know, we came out, we came out throwing it all over the yard. And I thought it was going to be a game. We were just going to say, okay, here we are. We're going to run the ball. You guys stop us. Cause we had only run it 21 times uh, in the previous week. So I thought, I thought we would just come out there and just try to pound it down their, their throats in the, in the first half. And we didn't until, great. until, until Baker, uh, got the injury and then then they started running a little more which I thought they should have been doing earlier a crazy stat I saw today on Twitter was Nick Chubb you know you mentioned you know, in your comment earlier how we you expect us to run a little bit more and we didn't you're exactly right Nick Chubb the stat I saw only has through two games the first two games of the year only has 26 carries and in those 26 carries he's still fifth in the NFL in terms of rushing so I I definitely think they need to find find a way to get Nick Chubb the ball. And what's nice, as you mentioned, you know, he's perfect for Cleveland. I mean, you're exactly right. Having a guy who is not only that good, but, you know, mentally in his mental game, it's so tough to where he, he's happy with being as good as he is and sharing, you know, more carries with guys like Kareem Hunt and also, you know, now working Demetric Felton in there who had a really nice highlight and a really nice play. By the way, Eric, I saw – that highlight when Demetric Felton had that touchdown, somebody, it was, I think it was the Browns who tweeted it or the NFL. And the, one of the first comments I saw was they were calling him Eric Metcalf 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, let's, let's hope he is. Like, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking for big things from him. Cause he's, I, I like <laughs> Felton because he, uh, he can do it all. I'm, I'm in the guys who can do a lot of things. Like to me, that's what a football player is. When I, when I think of a football player, if you ask someone who's the be- best football player in the NFL, uh, a lot of people would say Tom Brady or, or Aaron Donald. So I, I would ask people, if you, when you talk about football players and you say who's the best football player in this league, what other position could they play? If they right. can't play another position, I don't know if they're really a football player. <laughs> For sure. I, I'm with you. I, so I, I like, love that. So I like guys who can do it all. So I'm looking for big things from Demetrius Felton. But but back to Chubb, you know, just just talking about what he brings to the table. And you know, like last year, he averaged what over 10 yards a carry in, in the fourth quarter. And I'm yep. And I would imagine it's, it's close to that this year already. Also, so you know, you, you just you just have we just have great running game, and that's why I thought we would lean on it a little more. The, the closer is what they call Nick Chubb, and he he is all of that nickname. And, you know, when it comes to the rest of the offense, I thought, you know, they have a crazy – another crazy set I saw. They've only targeted, you know, people Donovan Peoples-Jones a couple times. Um, he had that fumble. Uh, that was rough. Um, you know, turnovers were sloppy, yes, on Sunday. You know, just a lot of football that needs cleaned up. You know, Baker Mayfield has played very well this year. My initial reaction was frustrated on the interception, but – you know, after looking at it, it was clear that Anthony Schwartz stopped his route. Not only did he stop his route, I actually saw the highlight. He was looking at the defender before Baker even threw the ball. So he didn't even have his eyes on Baker or turning his head around for the ball. Um, but Baker Mayfield continues to play well. I mean, he only had, I believe, um, yeah, two incompletions yesterday. He has one of the highest completion percentages in the entire NFL um, through two weeks. You know, he, he's not he's not doing an excessive amount, but he's doing everything he needs and a little bit more to put the Browns in a position to win. I mean, the Browns, I mentioned it before. I've talked to a lot of you different guys, you know, some people who I know listen to our show. Baker Mayfield doesn't need to be great for the Browns to be great. Baker Mayfield needs to be an above average solid quarterback because 
the supporting cast, the offensive line, everybody around him is so good. And if he limits his turnovers like he does, doesn't force the ball like he hasn't been doing so far this year, the Browns are going to be just fine. And I think, you know, that interception, the two interceptions he has this year, really you can say aren't his fault. Obviously the one in week one, you know, it is on him because he got tripped. You know, he could have threw it away, whatever. This one, again, Schwartz didn't turn. You know, he stopped his route. But, again, he's not turning it over, and he's not forcing things. And I think those things are absolutely huge for the Browns to have success. Um, I was really scared. Eric, you had to be scared, too, when you saw him come up. His, he was hanging his shoulder after he tried to make that tackle. Yeah, and, and fortunately, he was able to come back and play. I mean, you know, obviously it was adrenaline, and it was his left. But, you know, he almost – he came real close to throwing away the season, right? And, and so that's – you, you got to learn how to tackle. I mean, quarterback, you don't want him to have to make tackles anyway. But they got to just wrap up, you know, corral him, run him into other people. Don't, don't throw your shoulder <laughs> and, and, try to, and try to deliver a knockout blow because that, that could be the season. And it was, and it was real close. But, and, and so back to what you were saying, so he, you know – He's taking care of the ball. He doesn't have to be great in order for the Browns to be great. We just he's but there's gonna have there's gonna be times when he's gonna have to win the game. Absolutely. Like, like the Kansas City game was one of those times where he could have won the game. It was on him to win the game because we weren't running the ball. And and there's gonna be times where you got eight people in the box because they know we're gonna run the ball. And that's when you gotta you gotta drop back and throw the ball and, and win the game. So I'm I'm looking forward to him doing that. But at the same time, we like you said, we have a team on offense that can do everything, and we can do it in so many different ways. We can run the ball. We can run the screen game. We can throw we can throw play action. We can drop back and pass it. We can hit the tight end. We can hit the receiver. We can throw it to the running backs. We have running backs who can play receiver and, and vice versa. So there's so many weapons on this team that, that we have. It's, it's about managing it. And it's about going out there and, and controlling the ball and scoring when you're supposed to. This was like, this was like what I said last week. We didn't beat Kansas City, but in order to be a great team, we're going to have to win some games that we're not supposed to win and win every game that we're supposed to win. And that's why, and that's why this Texans game was kind of scary in, in the beginning because it looked like here's a game we're supposed to win and we're not going to win. We're not taking care of our business, but it, it played out. And in the end, going back to Joe Woods and the defense, who made the plays? The defense. <laughs> the defense got the inter- got a got a big interception, uh, and of course, uh, the sack by Delford and things like that to put them behind the sticks. And so. No, this this is a good team. It's just it's, it's once again they haven't played that much together, so they're they're still growing together in 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 a real game. Because I mean, you, you of course you practice, but it's never the same as, as playing against the team on the other side that they're getting paid as well not to lose. And so this this is like this is like the first regular season game the Texans game was. You know, based, sure. on, based on previous years and, and preseason. So we're still getting into it and, you know, still haven't still don't have everyone out there. And so this, the team is still not exactly who we want it to be, but they're going to grow. And with the depth that they have on both sides, if they continue to get better, um, once again, I think they'll be knocking on the door at the end. For sure. I, you know, I, I love all those points and, you know, 
I, I think, you know, when you look at everything that we just mentioned in Baker Mayfield and all, you're exactly right to where, you know, it's the beginning of the regular season. You know, it, it's easy to pick and choose all these different points, you know, that we're talking about. But, you know, I like how you brought it all together as a collective unit and you're saying, you know, it's early and you're exactly right. It is early. And for the Browns, you know, the, no NFL game is going to be a cakewalk or easy. I mean, you look at the Saints, you know. They were they were supposed to lose week one to the Packers. They steamroll them, and then they come out in week two, and they lose. So the NFL is weird, and the NFL is real, and it's never going to be a walk-on easy game. And for the Browns, you know, again, who knows what would have happened if Tyrod Taylor was in the second half? You know, am I saying they would have lost? Absolutely not. Am I saying they would have won? You know, who knows? But the only thing that matters at the end of the day is the Browns got a win on the schedule. They're one and one. And they'll move on to week three. One more thing I want to hit on, Eric, and is not really related to the Texans game specifically. It is that I am one who likes to look at the NFL as a collective, you know, league, and I like to score watch. And if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, I don't know if you do this yourself, but the Browns had a hell of a day on Sunday. I mean, the Colts lost again. It's just an AFC opponent. The Bengals lost. The Steelers lost. The Ravens game was just crazy. I, I I don't know if you watched that game. Did you end up watching that Ravens game last night, Eric? I, I didn't. I didn't. I saw highlights, but I didn't watch it. That game was crazy. I Lamar Jackson shot myself and a lot of other guys up and, you know, ended up, you know, bringing them back in the game and they won. You know, he, he is he can't throw, but he he is crazy with his legs. I won't touch too much on him, but I mean, you know, the Steelers and Bengals losing is huge. The Ravens almost lost. But again, other AFC opponents, you know, they're going to be tough. You know, the Dolphins got shut out, Tua got hurt. You never want to see that. But it was a good day of football. And I, I think at the end of the day, you know, it was tough last year. You know, it always gets tough when you're a wild card team and you're on the bubble um, because you're always looking at different scores and looking at different games and seeing, you know, is this team going to win? Is this team going to lose? But I think we realistically have a shot at the division this year. I want to get your thoughts on that, Eric. You know, if we have, you know, a good chance and you think we're going to win the division, you know, if not, again, Sunday was a good day for the Browns in terms of, you know, our opponents and people we're going to be competing with losing. So it's going to come down to obviously, you know, we mentioned it a little bit last week, the Steelers and the Ravens are always tough. The Bengals aren't there yet. Joe Burrow had like three picks on Sunday, but you know, division favorites this year, Eric. And if not, you know, where do you see a standing in terms of the AFC standings? I feel good about us winning the division, but you know, I don't, I would say, I don't really score watch uh, other divisions at this point. Cause it, to me, it doesn't really matter. You know, when we get into the meat of it and, and we get deeper into the schedule and we played a couple division games and then we see where we are, then I start watching who, who has to lose, who has to win as far as wild card and things like that. But at this point I'm, I focus more on the Browns trying to get better each day, each week. And, and then if they do that and, and going out there and winning these games, then they putting themselves in position. So I, I'm, I'm looking at the vision. Um, but everybody would, everybody, we had two teams, one and oh, last week going into it and two teams on one. Everybody's now one and one. So we're all sitting even. And so I, I, I feel good about us. We're going to have to, I, I think we can go out there this year. And, and when you look at the schedule going into it, I said we would win five of the six division games. And 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 if we did that, so yeah, you I, I see, I see you made the noise. I'm like, yeah, that's what I that's that was what I was thinking. We would win five of the six division Ooh. games. And I mean it's 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 lofty, but they have the team that can do it. And so that's what I expect. And and 
And the, and the five were beat Cincinnati twice, beat Pittsburgh twice, and, and, and split with Baltimore. And that's, that was my thinking going into it, you know. And, and, and hopefully when it comes down to it, hopefully I'm right. I like to be right. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like to be wrong. So hopefully I can be yeah. right about this. And, and, if, and if we do that, we have a very good chance of winning the division and, and knocking on the door. All right, five, five out of six is, is, is a lot. But again, I, again you, you're right. We do have the team to make that happen. I, splitting with the Ravens is realistic. I think the only buffer there would be, you know, if Pittsburgh were to steal the game against us. But, you know, we are good enough to where we are. We can win five games. So, you know, I, I know you said like being right. I think, you know, you have a realistic shot at being right. And I think the division is going to be telling this year because, you know, like you mentioned, we have to be every single team that we're supposed to. We have to win some games that, you know, we're not supposed to win. So in terms of taking care of the division opponents, if we can leave this season heading into the postseason five and one or even six and oh, I think that's going to say a lot for the in terms of when people look at the Browns. And I think it's going to do a lot for our comments because, you know, our division is one of the toughest divisions of football and it's tough every year. So. I think, you know, doing good in this division is going to show this team and show these guys, you know, that they can have success going into the playoffs. Um, In terms of heading into next week, you know, we have some injuries. And I feel like in terms of the Texans, I feel like at least people were dropping. I mean, I don't know about you, Eric, but it seemed like people were dropping every other play for them on on in terms of injuries. Yeah. And and, and we talked about I talked about that uh, this weekend and, and I and I contributed to preseason. And can't. Sure. I, I don't think these guys are conditioned to play football games like in, in years past because they can't practice and, and hit and, and, and get themselves ready. And so it's hard to be ready to do something when you haven't been practicing doing it, right? And you, so, guys, we're going to have to figure out a way to get these guys conditioned without, without injuring them during preseason and, and, or camp because this is when, we, when you watch a football game, you don't want to see guys going out in every single game you want the stars to be playing out there that's why people come to see it because they want to see the best brand of football that can be out there and, and if guys are getting hurt we're not we're not seeing that unfortunately and so it, it, it's, it's a tough game already and i i get that we, they can't practice and, and and hit just to try to save the guys and, and protect them but but in order to be protected from themselves they need to be conditioned for it right and so i was I was really interested to hear your take on, you know, that because uh, I think you're exactly right. I, I don't like the preseason. I, I'm actually one who, you know, I, 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 don't, I watch a little bit of it, you know, when the stars play, I do like seeing the position battles, but I think, you know, I, I don't really know too much into it other than, you know, I, you make a good point. These guys aren't conditioned, you know, they, they protect and almost baby these starters and stars in a way to where, they're not playing much, I mean, at all in the preseason. We didn't see Nick Chubb. We didn't see Jarvis. And now, unfortunately, you know, Jarvis is a guy who his, his track, record, track record, excuse me, in his career in terms of injuries is, is almost 100% clean. You know, thank, thank goodness it's a low MCL sprain, only going to be out a couple weeks. But, again, he didn't play in the preseason. Odell didn't play. We should hopefully see him back week three, they were saying today. So that would be this week against the Bears. But, you know, a lot of these guys, you're right, we don't see him, and, you know, whether that whether or not that plays a factor, you know, it's to be determined. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the, the Browns and these other teams are going to have to battle through these injuries. And I think that the Browns will be able to do so. And you know, we talked about it earlier. We're fortunate enough that we have a team and a roster that is so deep 
at so many different positions um, in terms of the roster. So it's going to be an interesting season. It's going to be a long season. You know, adding that one game, I think, makes the season a lot longer than what people think. But in terms of this uh, Sunday against the Bears, I have a Browns 31-14 winner. Um, I mean, we think we moved to 2-1, 31-14. to 14. Eric, you got a prediction yet or not quite? I haven't, I haven't picked the score, but I, I'm, I'm predicting we win that. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, what Justin Fields will probably be the starter. I don't, Andy Dalton would hurt his knee this weekend. And yep. so, but they don't know if he's going to play. They say he's the starter if he can go. I don't know. I don't know if their fans want to see it, but <laughs> I think their fans would rather see <laughs> Fields, right? But for sure. But I, but I think you know. I think we have the defense. We have the players that can go out there and, uh, and 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 rattle the rookie. You know, he hasn't even when he played the other day. He didn't play that well. He didn't play bad, but he didn't he didn't do anything special. And and I think he's a very very good talent and and will be a good quarterback in this league. But we we're catching him early, and so if he plays, we have an opportunity to go and ruffle his feathers. I mean. On, on the offensive side, I think we have to we have to protect the ball. They got a, they got a few turnovers in, in the course of these uh, first two games, and then that's what their defense thrives on. So we have to we have to keep away from the turnovers, which we we've given up a couple in these. We've given up what three in the three or four in the last. Uh, yep. In the first two games, so we have to obviously limit that and, and, and give ourselves a chance. So Eric and I both had the Browns taking a win. I was close on the score this week against the uh, the Texans. I had 31-17, ended up being 31-21. Uh, I'm yet in my young predicting career to predict the score correct, but I was close Sunday. I thought I had a shot there, but, you know, they, they scored four points more. On uh, the Bears, you mentioned, you know, they do have a solid defense and they have a couple studs on their defense. So Browns got to come ready, you know, can't turn it over. and It'll be exciting to see Justin Fields. But, guys, that is going to wrap up episode two of the Dog Check podcast. Again, this has been Eric Metcalf and I, and we will catch you guys next week. Let's get it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.